welcome to this week's edition of Motor City Bets. My name is Trevor, and as always, we're joined by my partner here, Josh Gatowski. Josh, Mr. Birthday Boy, how you doing, sir? Trevor Lang, it is good to hear from you, my friend. It's been an exciting weekend full of lots of lots of gambling, lots of Super Bowl prop bets. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got, I even got a little, little snowboarding this weekend. Got to shred the gnar up in the uh, northern part of the state of Michigan. That was a lot of fun. But Trevor, you and I, we've got, we've got a lot. We got to dive into this episode. How was your, uh, how was your weekend? How was the last time since you and I have talked? Good, sir. Uh, it started off by like raking in on, on Billy football, beating Jose Canseco. That fight was not worth 20 bucks, but definitely funny. And the memes that have come out of that on Twitter are hilarious. Um, transitioning to me kind of forgetting to eat dinner on Saturday night. And that led to a Ouch. bit of a, bit of a sore Sunday. Uh, the Super Bowl was a good game. I can't imagine betting against Tom Brady. I feel bad for the people that, that, that didn't, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But more importantly, Me. Josh, did you wipe out this weekend, sir? I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a couple of falls, you know, here and, and there. Uh, to me, if you're, if you're not falling, you're not living. You know, That's especially when it take. comes to, especially when it comes to snowboarding and shredding the gnar and well, you're getting you know, up there, the you're getting up there in the years now, Josh. Let me let me just let you know that the road ahead of you, you got to be a little bit more cautious. It takes. I see you drinking some chocolate milk. That's a great choice to recover from a strong weekend. Nothing builds hey. the muscles back like like natural protein from chocolate milk, <laughs> but no free ads. <laughs> With that, Josh, I think I want to start talking about the Super Bowl. So. I do have some unfortunate news right before the Super Bowl started. I was trying to responsibly bet a lot of money on a bunch of different props for whatever reason. I decided to wait until right before the Super Bowl to place all my prop bets, not like the rest of us that the servers of everything would just be completely fried. That hurt. I, along with a lot of other people were suffering from Barstool Sportsbook. FanDuel, DraftKings, MGM, everywhere everywhere you try to go place a bet, no chance. It was like having Wi-Fi back in like 2004 at like a a cafe, like just nothing was going through. So in in retrospect, I feel... I feel pretty good about that because I probably would have bet a lot of money. I really... You know, on last week's show, Josh, we talked about... You know, we talked about the game being probably going to be a pretty good offensive shootout. Obviously, that didn't happen. So, in a way, I'm really happy that most of my prop bets weren't able to be placed because I was most of my props would have been favoring the over. That being said, Josh, before we even start talking too much about the game here, you dropped a little stat on everybody last week saying that four out of five of the Super Bowl champions are the opposite of whoever won the coin toss. As soon as KC won the coin toss, Josh, there was a small sliver of sunshine that crept across the room and just enlightened me a little bit. I felt comfortable. And Did Josh, you? I got to say, after the first quarter, I was feeling real comfortable. So comfortable to the fact real that comfortable. I was able to live bet the under by the time the servers were finally back on. So I was able to cash out also on Ooh. the under. I, Look at you. I was leaning under all week. I actually got a lot of calls from a lot of different people 
over the course of Saturday and Sunday. And they're like, hey, like, this is my first time betting. Like, I don't really know what I want to do here. And my advice is pretty simple. Don't bet against Tom Brady. And this game feels like it might be the under. Like, Trevor, you're crazy. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's the most electric offense ever in KC. The there's so many weapons on the Bucks. How could you possibly think that this is going to be a defensive game? And I was like, well, the only way the Bucks are going to win, just as I said last week, was if their defense came out and put a real dick kicking on Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. As soon as yeah, I saw exactly. the tone in the game, I mean, Patrick Mahomes was rushed 29 times. He was pressured. He had 40 pass attempts, and on 29 of those pass attempts, he, he was pressured. I mean, that is just – that's unbelievable. I mean, even for a guy like him. And then I think that – I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know if they made a deal with the devil. I don't know. I don't. I mean, anytime you're going to Tom Brady, I feel like – some weird shit's going to happen to you, but Tyreek Hill, man, that was probably the most disappointing aspect of this entire game. No doubt. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. God, the whole Chiefs offense was, was completely stumped by the Tampa Bay defense, you know, led by Devin white at, at linebacker. It was a, it was a hell of a game to, you know, watch. I, on the other hand, at the Chiefs, I thought it was the Chiefs game to lose. I was idiot. wrong. Idiot. Stupid, stupid, stupid idiot. And I had a lot of fun watching the game, though. You know, two two great, talented quarterbacks. The difference in the two teams, though, hands down, was, was defense, though, between Tampa Bay. Even on special teams, they were doing a great job of – you know, getting Tom Brady in good field position and trying to help out their defense on on punt returns. I was very, very impressed with the defensive coordinator Todd Bowles of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I think I think that was incredible. Do you do you see him potentially taking over as a head coach somewhere? Or do you think he kind of stays put in Tampa Bay for the next little bit? I think for maybe the next year, two, three, maybe years, he'll okay. he'll stay put in Tampa Bay. He did receive a job interview with the Detroit Lions. Oh, that's right. However, that interview was canceled due to the uh, pre-assumptions of Dan Campbell being hired. And so due to how well things were going in the interview process and pertaining to Dan Campbell, you know, the Detroit Lions decided to stick with Dan Campbell. So they canceled their interview with Todd Bowles, but God damn it. I was impressed with Todd Bowles. He blitzed, I think on only 10 plays the entire game and, you know, shout out to Tom Brady, seventh Super Bowl, another MVP, just, even furthering his. Do you think that accolades. was the right? Do you think that was the right call giving him the MVP? Honestly, f- with, with the script of the game and how everything played out, I don't. I don't think he deserved it. But at the same time, you know, it's it's Tom Brady. I think it should have gone. I mean, it, it had to go on the defensive side of the ball with how how insane the defense played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, you could say Devin White, the whole defensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played unbelievable as well. See, that's that's kind of where I thought, Josh, I, 
And and thinking about it, because you know, like that's obviously something that a lot of people have been arguing about on Twitter today, at least from what I saw. And I gotta say, I, I think that like well, like you're saying, I would I would have given it to the entire defense, but unfortunately you can only give it to one player. And I think that if you're gonna give it to one player, you gotta give it to the guy who completely, you know, propelled your team to where it was. They talked a lot, they talked a lot right after the Super Bowl saying how, you know, Brady was the coach, he was the quarterback, he was the GM, he was bringing guys in, he was really, you know, the lifeblood of that team. And I think, you know, I don't know if, I don't know how much of the off-field stuff goes into that type of voting for that type of an award, but I feel like you can't discredit the amount of effort that Tom Brady put in leading up to the Super Bowl and his ability to prepare and just overcome and understand adversity is just unbelievable. Overall, though, I don't want to spend too much time breaking down the X's and the O's of the game just because if you turned on the TV one time today, it didn't really matter what what network you were watching or if you listened to the radio or I mean, I was even reading an ad age article and they were discussing, you know, Super Bowl X's and O's essentially. And I just, you know, I want to talk more a little bit about legacy here. So I think a big question going into this game was, is this the passing of the torch? Is Patrick Mahomes officially... You know, the goat in training, I guess. I feel like goats now to the point where it's just way overused. I hope I hope that the, the young kids come up with something better to say because goat just sounds ancient now. But for lack of a better word, is Patrick Mahomes like does this hurt his legacy, do you think? Because he played, I mean, he had some very athletic moments, Josh, but overall he didn't really play well. Especially to the caliber of of the way that they talk about him. I think that in a weird way, this could have been Mahomes's Brady's versus Atlanta Super Bowl from a few years ago, and Mahomes just completely didn't show up. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. Do you think this has any impact at all? It's it's hard to say that it has any impact. You know, it it definitely hurts. You know, Patrick Mahomes. In, in the sense of maybe his legacy with the offensive weapons that he had going into this game. However, if I'm in the NFL and, and if I'm any of the other teams across the NFL, I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm a little nervous because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to exploit a weakness in the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you really think about that moving forward, that only gives Patrick Mahomes more film to study, more things to improve upon. It could be kind of scary going into next year, you know, but I I, I don't really think this, this, this hurts, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and the things that he's done over the course of his career and throughout the course of this season. I think this is not the last time that you are going to see Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. I think you will hear his name. I'm going to say four times in the next eight Super Bowls. Four of eight. So they're going to 50% of the Super Bowls. I, I'm going to have to go completely the other way here, Josh. I don't think that this ends his career by any means or has any real long-term effect. But you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like looking back at Drew Brees. You know, he had all those weapons, all those amazing defenses, all that offensive talent, and he only won one Super Bowl. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is young. He's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. But you kind of also hit the nail on the head here. This exposes KC's whole scheme. And I feel like it's kind of like exposing the Ravens scheme, you know, a couple of years ago when Lamar won his MVP season, there was no, nothing anybody could do to stop it. 
But there's a lot of smart football dudes in the NFL, which I know isn't even shouldn't be a controversial opinion to say. Obviously, that, that sounds like common sense. But teams were able to figure out Lamar this year. They were able to figure out that special Ravens offense. And like that Ravens offense was still dominant. But it wasn't as dominating as it was the prior year. And I think that we're going to see something along the similar, potentially similar lines with KC here because I mean the reality of the situation is that super teams in any sport especially the NFL can't really stay together for too long um, and that's honestly the specialty that Tom Brady had he was able to elevate so many other players but essentially the point I'm driving towards here Josh is that these stars are going to start leaving KC it's not going to happen immediately but over time these star- this team is going to start to look different and I'm not sure moving forward, especially with the offensive line troubles that they had, especially like in the later half of this year, if that means much. And I think another important fact, which is kind of subtle here, is that KC went 1-11 against the spread in their last 12 games. That's kind of a scary trend. That's not, that's not great. I mean, the spread doesn't count in real sports, but that spread does indicate Something it means that they're not really pulling away from teams. KC, like Patrick Mahomes, like they would start leaving teams behind, they'd be down a little bit, and then they would come back and win in spectacular manner, like spectacular fashions. And this just goes to show that when you have a team that kind of relies on that spark and then relies on having one quarter where they just blow the socks off somebody, if you're not firing off on all cylinders there and you're not having that one quarter, you're kind of dog shit. And I think we saw that today. I think I think, I think they're all going to be fine. I think it's all going to work out. I think I'm happy as a sports fan and as a guy of history to see Tom Brady win his seventh. And to see Tom, like Patrick Mahomes is only lost in the playoffs to Tom Brady. That's a pretty cool stat as of right now. And I think that it kind of cements Tom Brady into his status. Uh, I mean, I think the future is up to Patrick Mahomes. Like it's 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 in his hands. I, he has the ability to to create whatever he wants out of it. But we'll we'll see. Ultimately, you know, I'm excited to see where things go in the future. Here. Oh no, yeah, without a doubt, Patrick Mahomes, his NFL career is just getting started. Without you know, with with all the accolades, with all the accomplishments, with all the records that he ha- currently has and will break in the future. The future is incredibly bright in yeah, Kansas I agree with City you. moving forward. Before we before we hop on to our next topic here, which is, as always, the heart and soul of Motor City Bets. We're talking Detroit sports here, up and coming. I do want to touch a little bit more on the NFL. We're going to have a lot of NFL offseason chatter as the season progresses. I just want to go ahead and throw out one incredibly hot take here, Josh. Just piping hot, fresh lay, in the oven. Lay it on me. I think that Bill Belichick will watch this Super Bowl easily a thousand times between now and in August. And I think that this man is going to go on a coaching revenge tour next year. I think as the season progresses, we're going to see a lot of the major media analysts discussing how obviously Brady wasn't a system quarterback. Obviously, this was Brady and not Belichick. And Belichick is going to be exactly like that Jordan meme. He's going to take it personally. I am fully expecting for, I don't know how exactly, but I expect the pass to come out next year and I expect them to look like the Patriots. Really? 
Yeah, I I said this when Tom Brady signed in Tampa Bay. I thought that Brady, it'd be Brady versus the Patriots in the Super Bowl his second year. I honestly didn't have the foresight to see that he'd win in his first year. That's that's my bad. I'll learn from that. But I would not be surprised to see the Brady versus Patriots at some point next season. I don't know if it's going to be a regular season game. I know they released the schedule. I don't know off the top of my head. And if it's not, then I think it has to be in the Super Bowl. But I think that Belichick is going to use whatever of his deal he made with the devil left to will the Patriots into some sort of incredible team. Trevor, I'm not going to lie. That's a hot take. It's that's really a, hot. That's like volcano level scolding hot take. I am on the complete opposite side of that take. I don't think the Patriots are really anywhere close to competing for a Super Bowl. You know, they had a lot of players sitting out due to COVID precautions and, uh, you know, their own personal health and safety, which is completely understandable. But this team still does not have a quarterback and they do not have threats on the outside in, you know, the wide receiver position, the tight end position. Hell, they don't even have a running game, Trevor. Who are you going to run with? Rex Burkhead, James White. That's a good point. Sony Michelle. Then the list goes on and on. There's too many, too many mouths to feed. You know, you're always looking to feed the hot hand. There's, there's just too, you know, the defense is really, really, really good. You know, obviously, having Matt Patricia back is going to help. And (laughs) that's 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 another thing that might screw over the Patriots. That's why I really don't see them turning things around next year and probably for the next couple of years. The big question, in my opinion, is, is it enough to drive Bill Belichick out of town and kind of sort of force his hand to retire? You know, that's something maybe we can kind of keep our eye out here in the upcoming weeks, months, and, and years that Bill Belichick decides to kind of coach here in the NFL. That's also a pretty bold prediction. You know, I think that we as fans sometimes forget that guys like Nick Saban and Bill Belichick actually aren't immortal and they do have an expiration date. So, I mean, I could see Belichick retiring here in the, in the coming days. Uh, I think the last last NFL related topic I want to talk about with you tonight, Josh, I know I just said the last one was the last one, but I lied. It happens. I'm an, ad- I'm an advertising guy. We lie all the time. And it is what it is. Of course. But, A thought that I had while watching this game was the conversation, you know, the field, the NFL a lot lately, I feel has been very offensive forward, very locked down. You start quarterback. It's the quarterback. It's the quarterback. Oh, you need defense too. You need defensive edges and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, but I think that this game shows that importance of having the dominating player on defense. No, I think that I mean JPP was a was a big proponent of that and Dominican Sue. No, those guys are real big on the Bucks D line. But I think that that uh having a strong linebacker play is probably the most important part. Do you think that that position starts to get regarded a little bit better in the in the draft terms? I feel like the first overall or first three guys are either offensive linemen or quarterbacks. 
Yeah, do you think we start cool. seeing like? Do you think that people in the in the league learn from seeing the Bucks defense here? And do you think that they take that into the draft? You know, one of the most important pieces on the defensive side of the ball is that linebacking core, that linebacking group. They are the ones typically, not necessarily they as the group, but there's usually. One of your captains, one of your better players on the defensive side of the ball who's calling the plays, mm-hmm. you have to have a lot of trust in that player to be able to read the defense, to communicate the play effectively to his teammates out there on the field, to make sure everyone's covering their man or their zone, following their coverages, making tackles, you know, being aggressive when they can be. What is it that, you know, you think, Trevor, it's 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 kind of baffling to me. I'm going to use this actually as a perfect launching board into getting us into our next segment about Detroit sports. I have been saying for weeks, months, years, maybe my whole life. Detroit has been missing that that glue guy, that leader on the defense. I want us to take at number seven overall. Mike Parsons from Penn State. Micah Par- yeah, Micah Parsons from Penn State. Yeah, Micah Parsons from Penn State. I think that this game indicates that while offense is important, defense is just as important. And to be a champion, you need to have both. And I think that this game proves that defense still wins championships. You can have mm-hmm. a flashy offense, but a flashy offense is going to get snuffed by an even flashier defense. I think that this game proves that schemes and defensive planning are very, very important. And I think that this this game shows that having the right personnel on defense willing to really, you know, put their nose to the, the grindstone, as it were, is going to really, you know, dictate the game. I think that the Bucks dictated this game the entire time from the defensive side of the ball. And no it, was, it was incredible to see. I really, I really hope that the Lions can – can draft some defensive talent. You know, I think Jeff Okuda, I mean, he's probably a talented guy. He had a tough first year, but like it's the NFL. Very tough. He's a young kid. It happens. It takes players a little bit longer at times. I think that if you could hear that's the plow truck, it's been snowing all day. It's fantastic. <laughs> but I think that uh, I think that we need we need that defensive leadership. We need that QB on the on the defensive side of the ball. And I, I'm still buying into the team, Josh. You know. Fully transitioning the Detroit sports talk segment of the show. I don't know if you had a chance to see the Lions hype video, hype video that they posted, like pretty much right after the Super Bowl. I, I I did not know. Oh shoot! So they posted a pretty inspiring video. I'll send it to you. We'll talk about it next time then. But that video got me fully, fully bought back in. We'll tweet it from our main account. That's at Motor City Bets on Twitter. Give it a chance. Look look it over. Tweet back, are you guys as bought in as I am after seeing that? Because a proper hype video, I think, can completely motivate everything. And with that, Josh, talking about motivation and positivity, which is a rare thing to talk about in this segment on this show. Mm -hmm. Michigan State climbs back from the graveyard, puts their hand through the dirt, and they get a dub. Josh, how significant is that win? It's a, it's a big win, especially at this point in the season where where our basketball team's currently sitting at. 
you know, I was up north and I didn't have really the ability to to watch this whole game. But from what I saw and kind of looking at highlights, it wasn't a great win. But no, we won, by, we won by 10. There are some times where it didn't look like we would win by double digits. There are some times where I thought we were down. If not, we were like basically down. It was on all a pretty tough game. I no. I, had a, I had the prestigious honor to watch this from a bar for the first time in a long time. So I, I kind of missed a couple of the major minutes myself. But just to see this team respond to all the adversity, you know, we saw it kind of at the end of the Iowa State game, not Iowa State, Iowa, my apologies. So at the end of the Iowa game, they started to really gel and, and have some identity. And we saw some flashes of that losing streak Michigan State team against Nebraska. Nebraska came out pretty much with the same intensity that we came out against Iowa. But Michigan State was able to hold on. We were able to keep our composure. I think Izzo had a pretty good game. He seemed to be back to his normal Henri self, which I thought was fantastic. I feel like he's been a little too calm this year. Um, maybe mm-hmm. there's a secret blood oath pack among, you know, Kentucky, Michigan State, Duke, Kansas. Like, we're all kind of struggling a little bit. But I think that I think that Michigan State's on the right way. I think, you know, we have a game coming up tonight. Tuesday, Josh's birthday, February 9th. And thank you. We're playing Penn State. We're in East Lansing. You know, I feel like at this point in the season, not having the zone is probably a massive, massive understatement. I think that the zone here, you know, if Penn State, if Michigan State's going through all this under normal circumstances, which I don't think that they would, but if they were somehow, I think Penn State having to come into East Lansing, I, I don't see how Michigan State loses that game with no crowd. I think that this game becomes a little bit harder. Momentum, I found for this team this year and the games that I've seen, they suck at generating momentum, which I think, honestly, I'm going to spin zone this. I think that that is a fantastic, you know, pat on the back to the is zone. I think that that really shows the effort that the fan base has been able to put into this team. Uh, and that's definitely a part that's missing here. I don't really know what to expect. Right now, Michigan State's favored by three and a half points. I'm going to take the money line because I'm not a bitch, but also don't trust three and a half points. I think it might come down to like, maybe I am a bitch and that's why I'm taking the money line. I was, I was going to say, I think, I think, I think you taking the money line, Trevor, makes you a bitch. All right. He's a one-time exclusive an MCB first. I'm going to be, I'm going to make a little same game parlay. Trevor's not a bitch. Same game, Michigan State parlay. I'm going to take them money line and I'm going to move. Or I'm going to take, no, not same game. This wouldn't be same game. I'm an idiot. I'm talking on my head here, folks, but I'm doing it for you. I'm going to take Michigan State money line on my own, and then I'm going to take Michigan State. I'm going to move that line, Josh. I'm going to move the line from three and a half to eight. (laughs) Don't know where eight came from. Just came to me. Put that on my ticket. It'll be my fourth bet. Only count it if it's a loss. Don't count it if it's a win. (laughs) Get to my weekly picks later on because I'm not doing well. I need anything I can get, but if this doesn't hit, Michigan State Move the line minus eight. Put it on my card as a free loss, which is <laughs> something that I really can't gamble with here, folks. A free loss. A free loss. If I don't, if this doesn't hit, that's how confident I am right now, based off of myself talking myself into this. Excellent radio. <laughs> Do you have any predictions for this game, Josh? Or are you just as nervous as I am? 
Nervous? I mean, yes, because uh, every game counts right now, especially for Michigan State. And any real chance of them making the NCAA tournament, they basically need to win out and then make some serious, serious noise, if not win the Big Ten championship tournament. It seems like Tom Izzo is kind of starting to maybe figure some things out as it pertains to his lineups. Aaron Henry has been looking significantly better. Marcus Bingham really had a good game his last game. I think having Gabe Brown come back is looking pretty good. And I think Josh Langford has been – he's been living up to the hype the past couple of games I've seen. Yeah, no, Josh Langford, you know – He's our only senior on the roster, which is incredibly shocking. But he in the in the minutes that he has played, he you know, he knows his role. He goes out there, he tries to fulfill it at his best. You know, some nights you're gonna get a good Josh Langford, you're gonna get 14, 16, 18 points out of him. Other nights it's gonna be a little bit more rough. You're gonna see three of 11 from the field. You know, he's had a couple of nights like that. I I think, you know, a a lot of this future and a lot of the success rides on Mark Watts, formerly known as Rocket Watts. (laughs) He's, you know, he's kind of this, if there's like one or two go-to guys that I trust having the ball and going to get a bucket late in the game, It's going to be Mark or it's going to be Henry. It's one of those two. Those are the two guys that I trust with the ball in their hands as the clock is winding down. Big game tomorrow night. I'm sorry. Big game tonight against Penn State. I don't. None of these picks are in my picks for the weekend for this game. Do you? Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I take MSU minus three and a half tonight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take MSU minus three and a half. Uh, something tells me, pussy. You don't, wanna is, move, you don't want to join me. You don't want to move the line mm, minus eight. <laughs> minus eight. That's that's hella aggressive. That's hella aggressive. I'm trying to walk away with some with some wins on my birthday, Trevor. So I ain't just, trying I to had walk the prestigious honor to win on the Super Bowl because I wasn't a little. I wasn't an idiot who bet against Tom Brady. I was but, an idiot. It's okay, man. It's your birthday. Take the minus three. I hope you're. Ha- I hope you can look yourself in the mirror, knowing that there's a minus eight bet out there that you're not taking. But that's fine, man. I want to. I want to keep the show positive. I want to keep the show light today. You know, we had we had some. I I feel like we had some winnings out there. I know that the Chiefs didn't, so a lot of people lost. But that's not me, so it's fine. Moving on from Michigan State, finally winning the Detroit Red Wings, my beloved Red Wings. Finally found their way out of the skid that they were in. And they looked okay doing it. Not great, not good, but not terrible all of the whole 60 minutes. And I think for that, I got to give them some props. You know, I don't know if this team can do better than last year's team yet. I think that we've been ransacked by COVID, but that's kind of to be expected in today's climate. So I don't even know if that's as much of an excuse. I'm going to allow it to be an excuse for MSU because they're college kids. You know, they're not paid, but these are professional athletes and they should, they should be doing a better job. Right. Um, And I think that 
you know, the wings are clearly not in a win now mode, which I think anybody who's ever watched them lately knows that. And I think that's debatable. <laughs> How so, sir? <laughs> you think the wings are in a win now mode? Let me crack a beer, Josh. Let's hear this story play out. <laughs> Well, when it comes to my expertise, I think the wings are, they're always in wind down mode, especially in the eyes are playing. Uh, that one's for Gunner. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Mantha is the best athlete to ever walk across the ice. But speaking of Anthony Mantha, he's actually deserves the sea. Healthy scratched last game. So <laughs> that usually indicates a trade, but that usually indicates a trade the same day. So since there's no trade, that means that he was being taught a lesson, but that doesn't make any sense because he was on a three-game point streak. So I'm not sure what's going on in Detroit um, from a Wings perspective. I'll, I'll keep everyone abreast as soon as I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> unfortunately, they don't reach out to me, so it'll probably be... <laughs> maybe maybe we can reach out to our hockey panel. Maybe they've got yeah, some insider Yeah, we're going to have to get those guys news. back here as soon as, as, soon as we can. Um, yeah, we'll keep you guys up to date with hockey knowledge and the coming weeks we're gonna we're gonna get those guys back i feel like they have a lot of hot takes so they're just waiting to drop one of our panelists gunner who i mentioned earlier he actually won his first hockey parlay today on Congrats. josh's birthday which is just so beautiful Bravo. Uh, unfortunately it was he only bet two dollars and only won five so it really Leak. it wasn't impressive kind of a waste of a win if you ask me but Agreed. I can't chirp too much because I can't buy a win right now, <laughs> at least not on this show. <laughs> but Josh, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the do nothing Red Wings. Let's move on. You know, well, there's one other sport that's active right now in Detroit, and that's your Detroit Pistons. So they uh-huh. parted ways this weekend with Derek Rose. I know nothing other than what I see on Twitter. There's a name that they got for Derek Rose that people seem to be inspired about, but I heard he was a G League guy, but he's gritty. I'm not sure if basketball players can really be gritty. They all seem like prima donnas to me at that <laughs> at that level. But um, <laughs> what are your takes on this, Josh? Am I am I completely off on this? Yeah, it's a little too early to tell. For for those of you who have not seen and don't pay attention too much to the sports world, but choose to listen to this podcast. The Detroit Pistons chose to part ways with Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose signed a two-year contract last season with the Detroit Pistons. After some events unfolded and kind of the Pistons decided, hey, we're blowing this thing up and going for a full rebuild. Derrick Derrick Rose was immediately on the trade market. He was traded to the New York Knicks for Dennis Smith Jr., who was a top 10 pick in 2016, uh, 2017, I think. I believe he went number nine or 10 overall. So he's very, very young in his NBA career, which is something that the Pistons are looking for is a lot of young prospects with a lot of high upside because that high upside is, you know, something the P- 
Pistons are trying to take advantage of right now, especially with some of these players being so young. Additionally, the Pistons did receive a second round draft pick and I believe this year's upcoming NBA draft. It's a, it's a second round pick, you know, maybe the Pistons try to combine two of two second round picks to move up and get a late first round pick. It's, it's really too early to tell, but you know, this move was strictly based on the future of Detroit Piston basketball in acquiring as many assets as possible. You get a young player in Dennis Smith Jr. You know, one thing that he has expressed to the Knicks organization is that he wanted to not necessarily be in the NBA and not in the NBA in the sense of he wanted to be in the G League where he could showcase his talent, he could get playing time, work on his game because that's how a lot of players are, you know, able to get themselves back into the league and find their rhythm is, you know, through the G League. So, I don't know, you know, what the outlook of Dennis Smith Jr is moving forward. I don't know if he's going to be playing a lot. I don't know what his role is going to be. However, you know, as a, as a kind of final send off to Derrick Rose, that man was absolutely nothing, nothing but class during his time here in Detroit with the media, with the fans. He was, he was a fan. He was a fan favorite. And there, and there's no, there's no way around that. There's no hiding that he was beloved by the city of Detroit, you know, came, came off his ACL surgery after the bulls kind of was jumping around from team to team. Maybe someone found a home here in Detroit, really enjoyed his time, was really looking to mentor the players that we had here. Saban Lee, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, all of these young athletes and, and these young players that the Pistons have. Derrick Rose knew what his role was on this team, and it was to share as much knowledge and information with these young guys, because I think he knew deep down that he, he wasn't going to be a part of this team next year and he wasn't going to be a part of this team at the end of the season he was going to go to a team looking to make a playoff push or you know contending for an NBA championship how long does Blake Griffin have (laughs) that's a really 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 tough question I want him gone sooner versus later. I want to try and get as much as I can for him right now. However, he's not playing well. He's experiencing a significant decline in his production, in his numbers. Things aren't looking great for him. He has been somewhat plagued this season, you know, by injury. You know, the Pistons don't want to kill him. And the last thing they want to do is have him get injured and not be able to trade him for any sort of assets. They kind of want to leave that option on the table. I don't see Blake Griffin being traded this season because his numbers have not been good enough. But things could very well change. It's also possible he can get traded in the offseason or during the regular season of next year, which if he starts playing better, again, he's in the same boat as Derrick Rose. Blake Griffin is not a future piece of this team. The Pistons are going to try and flip him for assets if they are able to. It's just a matter of when. Fair enough, sir. Fair enough. Are we overall happy by these moves? 
when when it comes to the future of this team, like I said, this, the Pistons are years away from, I'd say, competing. Just That's like the rest tale, of tales all this time here in this city. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say just like the rest of the Detroit sports teams, but I I trust Troy Weaver. I like a lot of the moves that he's made. You know, to to begin his tenure as the general manager here, the Detroit Pistons. It'll be interesting to see kind of how things unfold with with Troy Weaver kind of leading this charge and leading this rebuild. You know, Josh, I think with that point, I kind of want to make a broader point about Detroit sports before we move on to our last segment, which is our picks. I feel like there's a strange feeling of hope in the air, a feeling that I haven't haven't really felt among all Detroit sports teams at the same time. For the first time ever, I'm kind of bought in on the Lions. I mean, I'm always bought in on the Lions, but this is different. Different. They're doing something different. different. The wings. As soon as Stevie Y came home, I immediately knew that things were going to be okay at some point. Not immediately. And not when you watch the product on the ice, but at some point they're going to be okay. Hearing you describe the moves and like just the kind of positivity around, you know, whoever the GM for the Pistons is. I used to just say the name, but I'm not. Troy Weaver. Sure. Um, I'm not going to remember that (laughs) next time. It doesn't really change anything for me. Troy. Weaver. Right. The new GM of the Pistons, the way he's bringing <laughs> some positivity around. I think that's just, you know, I'm excited, Josh. And I think that this summer, you and I are both going to get into Tigers baseball a little bit more than we may otherwise have. And there's a lot of hope surrounded around that team as well. You know, we talked last week about how they have, I think, the five of the top 15 prospects or something along those lines. There's just a lot of positivity around where they can even go. And you know, the MLB, the pitchers and catchers are, are reporting in two weeks. So we're two weeks away from the official beginning of the official preseason of the of the MLB. It's close. It's just exciting, man. You know, it's it's sad to see football go. I think that I finally figured out how to bet football. So fuck me. It's going to be a tough summer. Seven months from now, though, I'm going to come in with a fresh mindset, a fresh state. I'm going to be ready to go. Absolutely. But in the meantime, I think that we're going to see a lot of success. You know, a lot of, a lot, no, let me rephrase that. No success short term. <laughs> You're completely 180 there on everybody. No success short term. But long term, I think that we can start to see some of these pieces fall into place on these other Detroit sports teams. And I, and I think that if you're a fan, a true fan, a true member of this city, just got to hold hope. I know we've been told that our entire lives for generations, but I think that now is actually the time that we can believe that maybe. <laughs> it's, it's That being said, Josh, though, there are some pretty major events coming up here that are not football related. So we are almost, I mean, we're three weeks away from March. Everyone knows what happens in March. What we happens have, in March? Oh, only the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Ah, right, 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 a right. Fantastic right, right. opportunity to lose a lot of money on college basketball. Then fantastic. we also have the Masters in the beginning of the real golf season. The ooh, waste management was ooh, this weekend, which had real fans. Not as not as crazy as it usually is, but like a good amount of people there. 
Did you did you happen to to win some money from I'm that? I'm so happy sure. you asked, Josh. I did, yeah. So I I have a principal on this show, and that's I have to place a little bit of money on on teams and people that I like. It's uh-huh. gotten me it's gotten me absolutely killed. My pocketbook is looking terrible <laughs> because of me supporting people that I like. But that's okay. I'm gonna keep doing it. I mean, it's the right of thing course. to do. Character no isn't doubt. about what you do when everyone's watching. It's about what you do when no one's watching. When Damn I place these bets on these teams, I make sure that no one's in the room so people can really feel my character. And that being said, one of the guys that's really impressed me in the golfing world is Brooks Kepka. Obviously, Ooh. you know, we get comparisons all the times for our looks. You know, we're both real tall dudes. So I always have to bet on him. Also attractive. Shucks. And he has been terrible for two years now. Just terrible. Um, but he wasn't terrible at some point in his life. And so anytime there's a guy that I like that was at some point very good, another golfer in this category is Jordan Spieth, who I can also yep. mention here yep. in this waste yep. management yep. 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 conversation. But Brooks, I bet on every every single tournament. I bet on Brooks. I bet on Spieth. I bet on Rory. Every tournament. And when Tiger's playing, of course, I'm going to bet on Tiger. Don't care the it's odds. A, it's Doesn't a matter. lock. It's a lock. It's, it hasn't been, but that's okay. I'm still going to. It's still a lock. This tournament, I happen to not bet on Jordan Spieth. Spieth has a minus 10 Saturday, propelling him into the lead. That's really I am good. Having a heart attack on Sunday. I mean, it's the Super Bowl where Artie was taking. I was taking the underdog, so that was already stressful enough. And then having to try and bet on the wings for the ninth consecutive time in a row when they hadn't won that prior eight, stressful. And then I had Jordan Spieth, who had the minus ten Saturday, who I didn't have any money on. So actually, I placed a small Sunday wager just because. Why not? And Jordan Spieth does what Jordan Spieth does best, and he just sewers himself mentally and just checks himself out of the game. I think he was plus three on Sunday. Um, fuck me. I mean, I would have done the same thing, so I can't really. That's why I love Jordan Spieth, because he golfs the same way I do. Moments of greatness followed by choking at the end and just losing miserably. Um <laughs> But anyway, I had bet on Brooks prior to the round on, on Wednesday because I always do. And lo and behold, I checked the score while I'm watching the wings start to win. And I see Brooks Kepka creep his way up the leaderboard. And I'm like, you're kidding. There's no way. Is it going to happen? And the motherfucker chips in an eagle on 17 after birdieing a shit ton of other holes. I don't know his scores. I should have this in front of me. I apologize, people. But he chipped in an eagle that look, he made it look easy. But anyone who's ever held a golf club and played an actual round of golf knows that that just doesn't happen normally. It's easy. <laughs> anyway, chips in the eagle, gets the win. I immediately go up. I don't even really realize this because all the apps crash around the time that he had, like officially wins this. So I had mm-hmm. stopped paying attention because it's pre-Super Bowl. We had some people over, um, socially distanced, obviously, you know, we respect COVID in this household. Um, but when the app finally reloaded around, you know, the end of the first quarter and I was starting to play some live bets, I noticed that I had one on Brooks. And holy shit, did that change everything, Josh? My whole mood shifted. I was like, this... The, I, I I couldn't have been more confident in the Bucks. Like at that point, I bet on really? them to also cover the spread, which was 14 and a half going into the second half. Took that, took the under, like I said earlier on the show. Pretty wow. crazy weekend. Now, what I just described to everybody was a little bit of heat. 
I need to be honest as we enter this last segment and on this show, that heat that I just mentioned, which carried me through the weekend has not been present on the show. And as one of the hosts, you know, one of the people that you guys are listening to and, and, you know, you're hearing my picks, you're hearing my opinions, and maybe you're making some of your own decisions based off of that. First of all, I, I must say, please don't um, make all your own decisions. And if you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And secondly, I am now 3-11-1 on this show, Josh. 3 11 and one and that one is avoided bet due to covid so it's not really that's not really a win on my part this much as just me getting bailed out by the system that being said i want the viewers and the listeners and all the friends of the show to remember what i just said i got lucky with michigan state winning I got lucky with the Wings winning. I got lucky with Brooks winning. I got lucky with Tom Brady winning. I keep betting. I've been staying consistent. And so what am I going to do for this week's three picks, Josh? I'm going to stick to what I know. I'm going to keep laying down these consistent lines. and I'm going to start raking in these benefits eventually. So for my three picks, my first one, I think this one might be the most obvious of anything Michigan State money line. I mentioned it earlier on the broadcast. They're definitely going to win. Hopefully. They need to. Otherwise, tournament's over for us. Wings money line. They're about to go up against the Florida Panthers, who started the season off red hot. They won their first six in regulation. And the Wings handed them their first loss in regulation of the year, which is just a mind-blowing set to me because the Wings have been so terrible. I think they get their second. They're starting to get a couple pieces back after all the COVID injuries. They're starting to get everything. All the moving pieces are starting to fall. I mean, these these guys are pro athletes. At some point, they're gonna have to. They should be. They should at least be ashamed of all the losing they've been doing. They should at least be. They should feel something. And hopefully, they can take out those feelings on these Florida Panthers. My last pick. I'm gonna stick to the NHL. A guy by the name of Austin Matthews has been on an absolutely electric scoring tear these past few games. He did not register a goal on Monday night, but he is on record right now to score, I think, 72 goals in this 56-game season. That's unreal. So they don't play again until Wednesday, February 10th, but I'm going to take him to score a goal. And you know what the odds are on that, Josh? It's minus 186. Minus 186 for this guy to score a goal in the NHL. Most players are plus like 110. Like that's usually around the lowest. Right. He is one of like four or five dudes that I've seen and bets that I've tried to make that are actually significantly minus. Mm -hmm. Vegas thinks it is more likely for him to score a goal than not, which is just mind blowing to me. So those are my three picks. MSU money line on Josh's birthday, Detroit Red Wings money line on Josh's birthday, and then Austin Matthews to score at least one goal on the 10th. Josh, I understand you're doing a little bit better than me on the show, but you're not doing great. You're <laughs> registering in at six and ten. Six and ten's not great. It's not actually it's not great, but it's better than three eleven and one. It is better than three eleven and one. Can confirm, Josh. So please, sir. Let's hear your three picks. All right. Well, God, this was this was actually quite a busy weekend for me. You know, heading into the weekend, I was I was down. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, on Friday, I, I took 
I took Billy from part of my take intern Billy to, to be Jose Canseco. And I was able to make back some money for this weekend. You know, I was five and one on Saturday feeling hella good going into the Super Bowl. I was two and one on Sunday, non-Super Bowl picks. Then the Super Bowl rolls around. I ended up being three and nine. My three wins were heads. I knew that was a lock. I did a live bet, just like you said, Trevor, after Bart, I'm sorry, FanDuel restarted from their sign-in problems that they were experiencing. Uh, I cashed the Travis Kelsey over 105 receiving yards. That hit. And Barstool Sportsbook was kind enough to credit the winners of the Logan bet with Logan Paul promotion that they were running where Rob Gronkowski was to score a touchdown as well as have 69 plus receiving yards for a 600 for an odds boost of 690. We are a family friendly podcast. However, if you do know our sports friend, Robert Gronkowski, formerly known as Gronk, he has a love and affiliation with the, with the number 69. And, 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 you know, maybe that might make a little sense as to why the 69 yards and the plus six, nine, six, 690 odds. Barstool was kind enough. Uh, I'm sorry. Rob Gronkowski missed that prop bet by two yards, Trevor. Two Jeez, yards. That's pretty close. Barstool was kind enough to credit that bet as a victory due to the outcome of the game and it not being as close as, as many people were expecting. And then today. That's incredibly generous. Oh, it was incredibly generous. Beautiful win for me. I'll take it. You know, I'll take what I can get. They don't ask how. They ask how many. Exactly. Today, I finished four and two with with some live bets. And when it comes to my picks, Trevor, you, you, I think, I think this might get you a little, little excited, a little pumped up. I'm not gonna lie. I've been getting into the NHL betting. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. It's got me perked up a bit, sir. Yeah, I can see, I can see your excitement. And you want to know what's even scarier, Trevor? Let's hear it. I know that you, my friend, have been experiencing some success in some of your NHL bets, but me being a little more newer and and non-experienced NHL better, I haven't completely run my numbers, but I think I'm about six and two, seven and three in my NHL bets. Jesus, man, that, that is, put that in the hall. That's, a, that's exactly. unreal. Exactly. So for my birthday special lock, February 9th, I am taking the Dallas Stars against the Chicago Blackhawks. Give me the Dallas Stars money line. They are favored. I'm not a huge underdog when it comes to the NHL. However, I've bet on the stars before and I'm betting on the stars again. I was two and one last week. I like the stars here. 
I, I love that pick, Josh. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling confident enough that I might ride with you, sir. I mean, it is your birthday. I, 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 Josh, you know what? I'm going to raise you a little bit here. I'm going to take the Stars to cover the puck line, which gives out plus 166 odds, which means they have to win by two. I'm putting money on this one for you, sir. Well, not for Jeez. you, for me. <laughs> in remembrance I'll, of you. In, in, in honor and recognition of me. Indeed, and I, and I, indeed. I, I appreciate that. I wish to spend, I, I wish to send some of my gambling luck over your way, good sir. The next game in my pick segment is going to be on Wednesday. Rutgers, we have a top 25 matchup in college basketball. We've got Rutgers versus Iowa. I'm taking. Ooh. Mm, yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my gut. I'm going to stick with my gut. He had a important moment part, of heart. It's an important part. Had a moment of change, but that's not how gambling works. It never works out that way. You only kick yourself for not going with your gut. So I'm going to stick with it. Smart. I'm, t- I'm taking I to cover the spread. I think Gars is going to be too much of a problem for the Scarlet Knights to handle. And I think the Iowa, Hawkeye, Iowa Hawkeyes are kind of going to run away with that one in the end. And my last pick for the pick segment, I've learned from my mistakes. 13 leg parlays do not ever fucking hit. It hurts. It really hurts. I've experienced that I'm really only good on about three to four leg parlays. That's probably where my greatest success rate comes. So I've got a Thursday night NBA special. I've got the Houston Rockets covering the spread. I'm going to take the Golden State Warriors money line. And lastly, I'm going to take one of the favorites in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to take the Philadelphia 76ers to cover money line. Well, Josh, I think I speak on behalf of all of our all of our supporters here, and we're wishing you the very best of birthday luck. And even though you're pulling ahead for me here, you know, because it's your birthday, I think we're gonna I'm gonna personally cut you a little bit of slack. I'm rooting for uh-huh. you this week. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I've been rooting against you the past few weeks, and maybe that's why you're winning. So maybe backhandedly, <laughs> me rooting for you is gonna have that effect for me. A little we'll reverse see, psychology. Sorry. I cannot wait to chat with you a little bit later on this week, sir. I appreciate you coming in on your birthday, working on your birthday. It's it's really, you know, that's what that's where grit comes from, people. Take take note. Everyone be a little bit more like Josh this week. And with that, I'm gonna have to send everybody on their way. Please feel free to follow us on Twitter at Motor City Bets. And everyone have as good of a week as hopefully Josh has. Peace.